You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the voice of Crypt Chopsy, and you're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I normally sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. But this is another Vox and Hops Metal Brewer Talks, where I sit down with metal brewers and talk about their lives, their love of metal music, and how they got into brewing craft beer. I hope you had a great weekend. I had an excellent time. I met up with some local craft beer celebrities this past Saturday night, and we had an epic bottle share. It was absolutely insane. A 13-bottle blind taste testing. It uh, was very difficult and very enjoyable at the same time. So a huge shout-out to Craig from the BAOS podcast and Noah from Beerism.ca. And a huge shout out to Derek for hosting us. Thank you so much for an epic craft beer night. It is something that I will not forget anytime soon. This episode is brought to you by Marc-Antoine Ménard, who made a very generous donation towards the podcast. I am blown away and super appreciative. Thank you so much, Marc-Antoine. All you Vox and Hopsheads out there, this episode is brought to you by Marc-Antoine. Merci beaucoup, if any of you would like to be as cool as Marc-Antoine, you can go to the Vox and Hops website, www.voxandhops.com, and you click that donate button, and then I'll give you a shout out on the next podcast. On today's Vox and Hops Metal Brewer Talks, I'm with Todd Bujak of Speciation Artisan Ales and Native Species Winery. Here it is, Vox and Hops Metal Brewer Talks. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everybody? Today I'm with Todd Bujak from Speciation Artisan Ales from Grand Rapids, Michigan. I am super stoked to have you on the Vox and Hops Metal Brewer Talks. Um, I am in love with this beer that you've sent me. I haven't drank it yet. It is probably one of the most metal beers I've ever seen. Let's just take it back right from the beginning. Tell me your brewer story. How did you end up brewing beer? Why do you make craft beer? Uh, so I, uh, I was actually a truck driver for quite a while, hauling asphalt and doing a lot of construction. And in the off-season, a uh, brewery was opening in my hometown called Arclight in Waterville, Michigan. And uh, just walked in and basically forced friendship on them and ended up getting a job <laughs> as a brewer there. And after about three years, I wanted to move back to Grand Rapids. Uh, and everybody I talked to just said, go talk to Mitch at, at Speciation, and basically did the exact same thing there. Uh, I don't know if he had much say in it. It just kind of happened. <laughs> but but you had never brewed before that. You were just hauling asphalt. Yeah, I, I tried to homebrew on a stove and took three hours to bring three gallons of water to uh, boil and so i figured it probably wasn't a good idea and i didn't think to use a turkey <laughs> burner so exactly yes 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 <laughs> so what were your first steps going into the brewery what were the first things that you learned uh how, how who, who was like your biggest mentor and what would be some of those early lessons that anyone that wants to start brewing craft beer what should they be learning well, I learned, like, uh, I mean, you learned real fast that there's way more to it than just, like, uh, mixing up some stuff and magically alcohol happens. It's, you know, you get to see the, the fermentation process and, like, a carboy and see it move around and everything. You really learn that 
I probably should have paid more attention in high school. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, um, yeah, like uh, the head brewer down at Arclight, he was always happy to help me uh, learn more about that stuff and met a lot of people. I've made a lot of friends in the industry, and it's a really, really great industry to learn more. And everybody's just all about asking questions and learning the next thing. So, yeah. So no, nobody's an expert. No, everybody just wants to learn more, which is very interesting. It's very close to another thing where metal and beer work together because there's rarely a moment when any metalhead musician is going to say, nope, I've learned it all. I don't want to learn anything, you know, any on any backstage from any tour you see, you got people coming up to my drummer, Flo Mounier, mm-hmm. and trying to pick his head trying to figure out some little uh, techniques from him same thing with guitarists with producers so it's even the same thing in craft beer world so i really like that yeah yeah and uh now we uh started getting into the wine and that's like now blowing everybody's mind and i i definitely don't know enough to tell too many people and they're always just trying to pick my brain on wine now <laughs> It's very interesting because you guys are also doing uh, organic wine, right? Yeah, natural wine. We get as organic as we can. Uh, we're going to start growing here shortly, uh, I think in the spring. And uh, in Michigan, it's just impossible to really, truly be organic. And uh, we just get the best grapes we can and makes really good wine. I enjoy the bottle that you sent me up. It's the... It was the um, the orange wine, uh, Marsan and Tremonette grapes. It was a little kind of a sparkling thing. It was delicious. It was it was almost like a sour beer more than a wine. Yeah. I don't know if that's the, the natural wine part of it. Uh, yeah, since we don't put any like uh, sulfites or anything to really contain it, it, uh, it just does its thing. And we like to kind of think that we make uh, wine for beer nerds and beer for wine nerds. And, uh, <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. They, yeah. they mix pretty well. And uh, there was no percentage on it, so I, I wanted to ask you about that. What what did that clock in at? Uh, that was about a two and a half percent, I believe. Really? Yes. Yeah, so most of them were actually on the lighter side. Uh, we put a lot of red wine in spirit barrels, and that kind of I don't know if it pissed off some wine people, but it made some beer nerds pretty happy. We put one in a <laughs> uh, bourbon maple barrel, and that one came out to about sixteen percent. Wow. Okay. Cool. Cool. So it was a very interesting, and it's native species as your your natural wine mm-hmm. side of the brewery. Yeah, which is very interesting. What what made that come about? A lot of people are tackling beers; they just want to do the the trendy beers. I feel like uh, speciation is not about that. So even you know, like the beer that I'm holding in my hand, mm-hmm. and I'm super stoked to crack, which we're about to do. Uh, mutational meltdown the artwork is super sick it reminds me of uh, dolly a lot because it's <laughs> just a bunch of little ants um and this is a, a really strange brew a rye whiskey barrel aged dark sour ale with cocoa nibs coffee orange zest and vanilla so there's there's nothing normal going on with this beer <laughs> and to have a craft beer brewery instead of just trying to pump out hazy ipas and jump and claim a market like mm-hmm. a lot of people are doing you guys not only just made weird ass beers like this one but you mm-hmm. decided to do natural wine as a, where did that idea come from uh so i've always enjoyed wine and mitch the owner um when i first started on he was like i really want to do like an urban winery where you know you get other people's grapes and make wine with that and uh so it's always kind of been in our mind and then the more and more we learned about natural wine and how it really is all about terroir and 
it's basically you're making a spontaneous beer, but just with grapes because it's all the yeast and bacteria that's on the grape that ferments yeah. it. So it really does its own thing. That's really interesting. That yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's crack this sucker. Mutational meltdown. Super stoked. The artwork. Who's the? What's the artist's name? I've I've met him via social media because he enjoys the fact that I wear the shirts all the time. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Dave McKee. Uh, Art by Graves. Um, he does a lot of our um our artwork um mostly all the beer and he kind of works with our graphic designer and um he kind of translate a little bit onto the wine also a little bit and i've actually had some fun with some trying to show that i can kind of do artwork on the natural wine side but uh it's definitely not at this caliber and why the metal theme though are you guys metalheads? Is it uh, just it works with the imagery? Um, Mitch and I are definitely uh, pretty pretty big metalheads. Uh, Mitch's favorite band was Zayo growing up, and we actually made a collab where we'll be, I think it's in like May, we're going to be releasing it uh, with Zayo. They came out, yeah, they came out and uh, they had a show in Detroit and um, just tasted through some barrels figured on a, a good mix and i'll have some cherries and some vanilla in there and uh gin uh gin barrel aged uh golden sour be uh, really tasty that sounds amazing that sounds amazing i'm jealous <laughs> <laughs> speciations cheers let's taste this sucker it smells nice it smells uh chocolatey a little bit and the you can definitely get the the rye just on the nose it pours a uh, black is my soul absolutely totally opaque i love it like a stout but it's a sour it's interesting Ooh, that's awesome that's a fucking great beer yeah i've loved uh i've been very hit and miss on dark sours and every dark sour we do i've been incredibly happy mm, yeah got that rye whiskey you can taste the the chocolate the the vanilla for sure go back for that orange zest i get a yeah there's like a almost a hint and it's almost like that kind of acidity from the uh the orange more than anything i think but uh it's there just one of those little things you got to kind of hunt for i think yeah the coffee's there too it's it's absolutely incredible worth the wait (laughs) (laughs) it survived many many a night (laughs) when i could have made a bad decision but i didn't do it uh talk me through brewing this beer it's a very complex beer I know all beer has the same process. You start with a mash, and then you move it on. So when, when does all this extra stuff get added into this? Well, so we uh, contract our wort from a brewery in town called City Built, and uh, we just they brew up a 10-barrel batch, and um, we don't hop any of our, uh, our beers until uh, it's fermented and it's hit a pH that we're happy with. It makes it so you can turn a, a sour like this like really, really quick. Uh, first is set in uh, whiskey barrels, so it's a little bit longer. But um, so it's set in barrels, and then um, it goes into our like blending tank, where then we kind of use hop bags for cocoa nibs and orange peels and stuff, and it will sit there until we feel like it's got enough uh, flavor character to uh, to package up, and everything's bottle conditioned. We also can condition and can condition everything. There's uh, very little CO2 and no glycol on premise, so like everything's just we try and keep the the rooms nice and warm 
for fermentation and uh it's a it's a def- definitely a different place to be coming from a much more quote-unquote normal brewery with a brew house with uh temp control and all that stuff very interesting very interesting because i've heard just as uh, the more that i'm speaking with brewers the more that i'm understanding the game of brewing that contract brewing is something where you go and you drop your recipe and then you walk away and you can't even do anything with your recipe <laughs> uh we we have a pretty good relationship with them and so we we supply the grain um we try and make, make it as uh, local as possible there's empire malt up north here that makes an incredible pilsner malt and um so we use that quite a bit we don't really have too many different malts and the grain bills are pretty uh pretty basic um and i think pretty easy to just kind of keep going with that and it's not a hard hard beer to really brew up like i said there's no hops so they don't have to really worry about anything other than start and stop in the kettle during that time so uh yeah we very happy with the relationship with them and makes it nice and easy so uh we don't have to go buy a brew house Exactly, yeah. And the way that you guys are doing it, you still take it back at home, mm-hmm. and then you can control all everything that's going into it from that point. Yeah. As opposed to someone that just keeps it all in the hands of the contract brewers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we just... you're stuck with that batch, whether you like it or not. Oh, yeah. And not it's a hard thing to... Even we've dumped a couple batches just because they didn't turn out the way we wanted, and that's always like a a hard thing to sit there and be like that's uh that's some money going down that drain yeah, right now yeah some money some time <laughs> some ideas and it's like a, a band just flushing an album speaking of albums and bands you guys say you're metalheads what is your brewer's playlist um i always go straight to monolord i uh oh i love monolord yeah. i've been a big doom fan for a long time their new album's great just saw them with blackwater holy light and they have been kind of my big find for this year uh that was a great show that's awesome i love and love monolord yeah mm-hmm. the droney oh yeah the lower the slower the better <laughs> <laughs> well, talk me through how you became a metalhead why do you think where did where did the metal come from in your life uh my brother um I, he was an older brother and he um just always had something playing it was more uh kind of radio rock and stuff and that just kind of led me into what's heavier what's heavier and then when i after high school or in high school uh, a good friend of mine really introduced me to black dolly murder and from there it just kind of opened the gates went to see Unearth and I was definitely in where I wanted to be. At what point uh, you, you you mentioned that I have my answer for this, but why why do you think craft beer and metal work so well together? Uh, they work really well. They that's kind of the same communities, and um, I mean I don't know too many metalheads that don't enjoy a good craft beer. Of course, we're mainly just drinking PBR or something. But uh, when we have like metal night. Uh, at the brewery um, just put on a bunch of vinyl and turn the volume up and everybody just sits there and drinks sours we drink wine we drink uh, we have some um, common descent our Berliner Weiss that we always have like a special on on can and it that's always uh, that was a surprisingly good thing to start it's a lot of fun and were you uh, apprehensive at first that people would be taken aback because it was too abrasive or was it something you guys just embraced wholeheartedly? Uh, we, uh, Mitch and I, it was kind of our brainchild, and 
Mitch's wife, Whitney, was uh, she was definitely on the uh, skeptical side, and Mitch and I were more or less like, if five people show up, it's cool. We're just sitting here drinking beer and listening to metal, so it really didn't bother us too much. But the first one was was packed, and actually, we just had our one year last week of Metal Night, and it was even more packed. Awesome. How how big is the tap room? Would there a live performance ever be an option? Uh, we've done like uh, some events with like an acoustic band, and that's about as crazy as you can really get. It's a very small, um, five thousand square feet, um, and it's kind of half of that is the tap room, and the other half is production. So it's definitely not enough room. Um, but we've Mitch and I have talked a lot about it uh, and how it's not possible, but we really wish it was. <laughs> I'd love that. Yeah, a small tap room with a little stage. Mm-hmm. Bring in some uh, some small, intimate metal shows. Make it nice and rowdy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take me back to your first craft beer. What would be that first experience when you realized that beer could be more than just Miller Lite? Um, that would, that's a pretty easy answer in, uh, in Michigan, and that goes almost 90%. Everybody will say Two-Hearted. Two-Hearted was the, the first for everybody, and... Uh, I think the the selling point was easily the you just buy a six pack and you're good for the night type of thing and, <laughs> and then uh, it, everybody just kind of builds off of that so it was efficient oh yeah <laughs> but tasty but tasty <laughs> uh, what about the Michigan uh, craft beer scene how is that uh, how is that doing um, I personally haven't heard much too much about it so I'd like to hear more. Versus, you know, I've done, from touring, I've seen Colorado, Portland, mm-hmm. California, New York, all the, the Boston scenes. I know what those are about. So, what would be some of who would be some of the heavy hitters of the Michigan scene? Uh, so, I think we're. I haven't looked at the numbers in a long time. Um, I think we're nearing 400 breweries in the state, and uh, Grand Rapids maybe four or five years ago on this uh, kind of like reader vote uh, one craft beer city of america or usa and really cool it's uh i mean going around like Asheville and denver and all these other cities it's it doesn't quite match up uh it's a great beer city um and beer state there's definitely some some ones that really really uh come out and everybody loves like we're always pretty popular with that um transient artisan ales down in southwest uh Homes out in Ann Arbor, drafting table, um, the, even way up in the UP where it's a very weird scene uh, just because there's miles and miles without anybody but some bears probably. Um, <laughs> there's Barrel and Beam and they do a lot of sours and stuff like that. I, I love that how the states have really embraced the sours and especially strange different sours like this. Mm-hmm. I, I wish that there was more of that happening up here in Quebec, Montreal. Uh, we got our fruited sours and some maybe some blended sours coming up and nothing as interesting and as complex as this so uh, i challenge everyone what would be uh some of your most metal breweries that you know of oh i mean true is always probably number one on that um yeah, shout out to zach yeah i uh just recently actually mitch and i were up in petoskey we were listening to that uh that episode and uh, he knows Zach. Uh, just he used to brew out in, at uh, in Colorado at Black Project, and so mm-hmm. he knows all those guys pretty well. And that's kind of where he got 
our our process was probably a little stolen from them, but uh, inspired. Yeah, <laughs> there's enough room for everyone to have fun. Oh yeah, um, the guys out of burial always making killer stuff, and uh, David Paul Seymour makes some crazy artwork for them. And uh, Holy Mountain, they make killer beer and are always their branding is right on point. I love it. I li- it just makes so much sense to me. The the metal artwork, the the proper merch, uh, the mm-hmm. the shirts that you sent me. I mentioned I wear them <laughs> a lot because I like them, and and they're super. Com- the material is amazing, super mm-hmm. comfortable, and uh, I love wearing stuff that you know up here in Montreal. Nobody knows what this is, and <laughs> I wish that more people did. Mm-hmm. And I wish that uh, you know more people could get your beers out here. So what what would be the limitations, or how could we ever get speciation beers up here in Quebec? What would be the proper process of doing that? So the uh, the border is the hardest border to kind of cross. Uh, Canada is not the easiest to to get beer into because you have to send in bottles and they test the ABV and contents and then it gets approved and things. We actually uh, the past couple of years we've been at uh, the Bellwoods Witchstock in yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, in yeah, Toronto course, yeah. and. Um, I believe it's called Liquid Art, or um, Collective Liquid Arts, Arts Fest, but it, yeah, it, yeah. it was called Liquid Arts. I think they changed it for this year. And those festivals are amazing. Everybody's it's it's a great time. Toronto's a great town. Hamilton just down uh, just down the road there is even a great town. And uh, those guys are making some really killer beers too. Like to have it being sold in Quebec, what steps would have to be taken? It have to be brought in from a, a distributor. Yeah, it comes. It have to go through an importer, and then it goes to a distributor. And it's uh, we want to get a little bit more into Canada. We're in Australia, um, out in really? out in Europe, and everything. And those countries are really. Uh, I mean, I don't do the paperwork, so I couldn't tell you exactly. But it seems like they're uh, much more easy than even some places here in town. Um, there's a store that you have to like kind of pay so many things for to file this paperwork and all these these things that mitch just kind of gave up on saying that you know we can sell it at our place right down the road no problem so yeah yeah if if people want it they'll come and get it that's for sure yeah we have a brewery here in town that's just blowing everything up called masorum brassatorium Mm -hmm. they are making fire haze right now and they only sell from their brewery and it Mm -hmm. is always sold out (laughs) and they cannot keep up they're doing a double double shift brewing quadruple batches or something Mm -hmm. a day just just killing themselves to try to keep (laughs) up with the the demand so uh, cheers to masorum Mm-hmm. I keep talking about you guys during these brewer talks, but I'm going to keep talking about you guys because I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that Mitch uh, was a huge Zayo fan, mm-hmm. brewed a beer for them. If you could do a collab with your favorite band, what band would that be? What beer would it be? And what would it be called? Oh, man. Um, I'd probably have to be with Monolord, and uh, I'd probably call it uh, uh, Alone Together. I'd love that song. And... Uh, I don't know, it'd probably have to be on the farmhouse side with, like, a, a Nordic strain or something. Uh, mm. I go out to Gothenburg every once in a while for beer fest out in Copenhagen and Helsingborg and things, and uh, every time I kind of pass through, I'm hoping to catch a monolord in their hometown, and never really happens, so I was, I was really happy to see him in Chicago, but, uh, yeah. 
That sounds awesome. <laughs> Listen, monoload boys. <laughs> Todd, thank you so much for your yes. time sitting down with me, uh, sharing one of your beers. This mutational meltdown is absolutely delicious. Thank you. I really, really enjoy it very, very much. The rye whiskey, barrel aged, dark sour ale with cocoa, nibs, coffee, orange zest, and vanilla. It's a mouthful. <laughs> and it feels amazing in my mouth. So, <laughs> cheers. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Hey, thank you all so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. I had such a great chat with Todd. This speciation artisan ale brews are absolutely incredible. If you can get your hands on them, you absolutely should. They make some of the most interesting out of the box sours that I have ever had. I am totally blown away by them, and I am just super stoked to taste more of them. I hope that I come through near Grand Rapids so that I can come to the brewery and hang out with you in person, Todd. Thank you so much. Cheers. Devastation on the Nation 2020 is less than two months away. If you do not have your tickets to this epic tour featuring Rotting Christ, Borknagar, Wolfheart, Abigail Williams, and Imperial Triumphant, you absolutely should pick them up because some of these shows have sold out, and I can guarantee you that more of them are going to sell out. Devastation on the Nation is proudly brought to you by Continental Touring, Metal Festival Tours, and yours truly, the Vox and Haas Podcast. You can get your tickets via the link in the description of this podcast, or you could simply go to www.metalfestivaltours.com. Trust me, this is a party that you do not want to miss. Devastation on the Nation 2020. Yesterday, I shipped out all of the When in Doubt, One More Stout t-shirts. Super stoked to see all you beautiful Vox and Hops heads receiving them, taking pictures of them, and then you send them back my way and I'll post them up on all my socials to share the world how cool and beautiful my Vox and Hops heads are. I hope you guys have a great rest of the week. Remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.